Chapter 70. The hunt begins. While his flock distracted the Ricos, Brightbill darted around behind them and desperately searched for buttons. He had once shot down his mother, shut down his mother with a click, and now he would do the same to these intruders. But he found no buttons on these robots, only smooth surfaces. Clearly, the Ricos were not designed to be shut down so easily. Giant hands swung through the air and the geese were swatted away. Ludwing was plucked by her foot and flung to the ground. She crawled into the weeds as the others scrambled up and over the trees. A quick scan by the robots revealed that Roz was gone. The three Ricos turned and marched back to the airship. The door hummed open and the robots disappeared inside. And when they stepped back into the meadow, each was holding a silver rifle in his hands. The hunt for Roz was on. Without speaking, the Ricos marched away from one another, fanning out in their standard search pattern. Rico 1 marched straight toward the southern tip of the island. Rico 2 marched straight up the mountainside, and Rico 3 marched straight into the forest. Chapter 71, The Forest Assault. Rico 3 marched through the forest with steady, stomping strides. His blocky head swiveled from side to side, scanning for any sign of Roz. But he was distracted. You see, everywhere the Rico went, he was met by shrieking animals. And he didn't know it, but he was in the midst of a coordinated assault. Swooper hooted owls' orders from above. Hawks, sparrows, owls, dive in front of his eyes. Finn barked orders from below. Hares, weasels, foxes, dash between his legs. The forest was seething with an army of wild animals distracting the robot, luring the terrible thing deeper into their trap. Chit-chat leaped out from the branches and clawed at the robot's eyes, yelling, Anyone who shows up on our island and tries to take my friend's mother away has a big problem, which is me. Then she leaped back into the branches. The robot pointed his rifle at the squirrel and pulled the trigger. A blazing beam of light shot through the forest and sent tree limbs crashing to the ground. It grazed poor chit-chat, singeing the end of her tail. But she ignored the pain and scurried up to the safety of the canopy. With each stride, the ground grew a little softer, and the robot sank a little deeper until he was up to his waist in thick, heavy muck. He was churning, his churning legs slowed to a stop, and he stood there computing whether to move forward or backward. Rico 3 was now an easy target. Begin the bombardment, ordered Swooper. The sky darkened as a swarm of birds descended from the treetops. They swooped past the robot and splattered his face with their droppings. Bird after bird swooped and splattered, and the Rico's eyes were instantly caked in filth. Don't let up, shrieked the owl. Give it everything you've got. There seemed to be an endless stream of birds with an endless amount of droppings. Rico three let go of his weapon and wiped his filthy face with both hands. That was the moment the fuzzy bandits had been waiting for. They dashed out from the weeds and snatched the, snatched the rifle with their nimble hands and dragged it away. Tawny and Crown Point looked on from underbrush. The buck lowered his head, and the raccoons carefully placed the rifle upon his antlers. Then the deer and the raccoons slipped into the shadows. By the time Rico III realized that his weapon was missing, it was too late. He let out a sad electronic tone, and then, as the birds continued their bombardment, the robot turned and blindly trudged back through the muck. It was now time for the final stage of the plan. Rodfoot the bull moose emerged from the trees and stood directly in the path of the blinded robot. Rico III had no idea that his every step brought him closer to the mighty animal. When the robot was in, in range, Broadfoot turned and kicked back with his powerful hind legs. There was a sharp crack 
and dung sprayed from the Rico's head. And the moose kicked again. Crack! And the robot's head flopped to one side. A tear in his neck exploded a tangle of silver tubes, but Rico Three's legs still kept pumping. So Bradfoot kept kicking. He pounded the robot's head with his heavy hooves, denting and crashing until into an ugly shape. And with one final crack, the head broke loose, soared through the air, and squelched into the mud. The headless robot fizzled and smoked, and his legs ground to a halt, and he never moved again. Chapter 72 The Mountain Rumble Rico, too, stood at the mouth of the cave. Razum Unit 7134, are you in here? The only response was his own flat voice echoing back, but he sensed movement somewhere down the tunnel. So he switched on his headlights, raised his rifle, and marched inside. The Rico marched past animal bones and rock piles and wide cracks in the walls. His blocky head swiveled from side to side, scanning for any sign of Roz. But she was nowhere to be found, so he turned and marched back toward daylight. And then a deafening roar filled the cave. From the shadows flew a giant body. Mother Bear charged into the robot and smashed him against a wall. Then Nettle and Thor jumped in, and together the family went to work. They rammed his legs. They slashed his chest. They muscled him to the ground. On his way down, Rico too squeezed the trigger, and there was a flash of blazing light, and the walls began to crumble. Nettle grabbed her brother by the scruff and pulled him outside in an avalanche of rock thundering behind them. Mother Bear howled. The rifle exploded, and stones clanged against Rico too. The avalanche slowed and settled down as a cloud of dust billowed out from the cave. Mother? Nettle peered into the darkness. I'm here, said a weak voice. The young bears dashed inside and found their mother half buried. They pulled heavy stones from her and dusted her off. I have broken bones, she, she rasped, but they will heal. Where's the robot? Rico II's headlights switched back on. The stones tumbled as the robot staggered to his feet. His body was scratched and scraped. His head was badly dented. His left arm was completely useless. So it was tossed aside, and then one armed robot limped out of the cave and continued the hunt for Roz. Don't worry about me, Mother Bear growled to Nettle and Thorn. Get the robot! With his heavy limp and his grinding gears, Rico too was easy to track. The young bears caught up with him as he was entering a grove of pine trees, but they didn't attack. Not yet. There was a better place to finish him off up ahead. So they hung back and followed him across the mountainside. The distant rumble of the waterfall grew louder with each passing minute, and then a slash of white appeared through the trees. Soon the robot was standing beside the rolling, frothing river just above the falls. He was too badly damaged to leap over the falls or to wade through the rapids or to climb down the cliffs, but he had to continue his hunt for the target. So he started limping upriver in search of a safer crossing. There was a rustling and the young bears exploded out from the trees. They threw their heavy shoulders against the robot's body and he tumbled sideways into the riverbank. Nettle reared up and wrestled the robot, twisting and shaking him with all of her strength. Rico too felt his feet slipping on the rocks and he felt his body tipping over. And then he plunged into the white rotter and he brought Nettle with him. The current immediately swept Nettle toward the falls. She rolled through the rapids, crashed into, the into a rock, and then desperately clambered onto another. Rico, too, stood straight up, and the river rushed around him. He took a step, slipped, and disappeared beneath the water. But then he was up again. 
Thorn ran to help his sister, but she was pointing at River, roaring, Use the logs! When the younger bear turned around, he saw what she meant. A jumble of broken logs was wedged between the rocks of the rapids, and a moment later, Thorn was on top of them. With water sloshing over his back, he forced a paw between the logs and pried the top one loose. It splashed into the river and wound its way down through the rapids, only to roll harmlessly past the robot. Then it dropped out of sight. The bear tried again. He popped another log into the river, and this one jammed or spun just in time to ram its full weight into the robot's chest. Rico, too, went sailing backward and sank beneath the surface. When he reappeared, the river was full of heavy wooden torpedoes. One log pounded the robot's shoulder. Another slammed his face. More logs knocked him closer and closer to the falls. The current became too much for the injured robot, and it carried him away. He grasped for anything solid he could cling to, but the rocks were too slippery and he settled for a fistful of fur. Nettle had been hanging on to one rock this whole time, but now that the robot was pulling her, she started losing her grip. She couldn't hang on much longer and finally she cried out, I'm sorry, Thorn, and she let go. Nettle and Rico too surged toward the rumbling falls. The bear felt the robot release his grip and she watched him glide over the edge. Then she closed her eyes and waited for the end to come. But it was not Nettle's time. Reader, what happened next is hard to believe. You see, the river didn't fall away beneath Nettle. It tightly, it tightened around her. Hundreds of fish surrounded the bear. They pressed their faces into her fur, and they thrashed their tails against the current, and they slowly pushed her away from the edge. Farther and farther they went, gradually moving up river, until Nettle's brother pulled her from the water. The bears collapsed into the riverbank, and when they looked down, they saw hundreds of fish looking back up. Thank you, roared Nettle. I'll never eat fish again. The fish smiled and sank into the rapids. I thought you were going to be gone, said Thor, breathing very hard. So did I, Nettle laughed. Looks like you're stuck with me a little longer, little brother. I'm not little. It felt good to joke, but the bears quickly turned serious. They were both bruised and bleeding, and their mother was in far worse condition. However, it would be worthwhile if Rico, too, had finally been killed. The bears crept to the edge of the cliff, and there at the bottom of the waterfall, strewn across the wet rocks, was the tattered body of the dead robot.